Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zwei Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today. I've got a great guest, and I was racking my brain trying to go back in the annals of the Zweig Letter Podcast, all 208 plus episodes, to see where this person fell on that podcast, because I thought for some reason I was like, oh, they've already been a guest on this podcast because they're so dynamic and they're doing so many great things. And then I realized I actually had them on another podcast that I run called the Encourage Build Grow podcast. So folks, I can't keep up after a thousand plus podcast episodes, you lose track of things, but I have not lost track of this individual and the energy that they bring to the design industry. And that that individual, our guest today is Scott Harvey Lewis. Scott is the owner and president at Building Mavens, and uh, they uh, he's down in Southern Florida. He's just a really great guy. We kind of connected on LinkedIn just because I saw his post and, you know, I said there's something about him and that was about a a year and a half ago, maybe even longer. And uh, we've, you know, we've been virtual friends. We haven't uh, met in person, but we have been virtual friends ever since. And so when I saw him make a move and start his own business, his own design firm, I said, wait a minute, hold, stop the presses. I got it. We got to talk about this and I got to go find out what happened. And so. Without further ado, I want to welcome Scott Harvey Lewis to the Zweig Letter Podcast. Scott, how are you doing? Doing great. Uh, thanks for having me again. And I think since you said it's, it was the other podcast, not this one, then I'm glad <laughs> to meet everybody on, on, on this podcast. And I'm looking forward to the discussion because the last one we had was lively, it was insightful, and I think this will be pretty beneficial to everybody. So for, for yeah, all the yeah. listeners, I'm Scott Lewis. I'm a licensed engineer. As Randy said, I decided to to branch off on my own and start a, a firm and do what I specialize in, which is assessments and and building teams and growing business. And it's been a few months so far, and so far it's going well. That's awesome. Was there any one thing? I mean, the pandemic for a lot of people caused them to do what I call the pandemic pivot, right? Where they had to rethink how they were doing things and whether they wanted to 
continue doing things the old way that they were doing them pre-pandemic or was the pandemic an opportunity for them to move into something new? And I'd be curious to know what was it for you that precipitated your decision to definitely step out on your own, which is what we talked about before the recording, that a lot of a lot of design people that work in the design industry dream of being their own boss, dream of being a principal, dream of being that individual that controls the purse strings and handles everything from start to finish. Where do you fall in that? It's interesting because I don't think it was maybe one thing in particular, but maybe just a culmination of a few little things. Mm-hmm. I'll talk professionally and then just maybe personally and just... Sure. So one thing that stuck out to me last year is I was listening to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Somebody told A lot of people were saying, hey, listen to this book or read the book. And one thing that stuck out to me that they said in that book was about taxation and how most people think that their largest bill is maybe their mortgage or something like that. Maybe people have huge bills they pay for school and so on. But the guy who wrote the book was saying that it's taxes. And the way that people essentially minimize taxes is through corporations. And so whether I was going to go on my own or not, I was like, well, maybe I need to form a corporation because again, the more money you make, the more you get taxed. And at some point it just becomes ridiculous. And you, if you're middle class and at a certain bracket, you become the poster child for like taxation. (laughs) And so I think I was reaching that point. And so um, I decided to just create a company. At the time, I didn't know what I was going to call it, but to create a company that if I wanted to set up a tax-efficient vehicle, that was going to be one thing. So that was just in in the, the, the grand scheme of my life. Professionally, in doing things in the past companies, growing teams, building business, I had essentially formed companies within companies. And the first mm-hmm. one I did, I didn't really recognize whether it was me or the situation. But in doing it a couple of times, I was like, okay, I really do have a certain skill set for that side of the world. And I never really thought, okay, maybe I could do it as myself, as an entity, as an owner. But I essentially was enrolled in, in classes to do with different CEOs. And as they were talking through me and looking at profiles and my strengths, they kept pushing me towards, why don't you just do it for yourself? You know, why don't you, like, why do it for someone else if you can do it? And it's true. In, in, in the grand scheme of things, when you're at a certain level, the companies that you want to join, they say to you, well, how much can you bring me, right? So if they're going to pay you X they may want a return of 3x, 4x on you. So if you're able to do it, you'll have to bring in essentially a lot more to justify your salary and your compensation with a certain entity. So it it really is remarkable when you think about it, that for the comfort of a salary, someone is willing to go 4x to make what they probably could make by themselves. So that was probably the career side. So just life was, oh, wait, wait, this is a new concept about taxation and how to be more tax efficient. Then there was, okay, where am I in the stream of time? What I've done so far? And then coaches and mentors saying one thing. And then lastly, with the pandemic and the way everybody's gone remote and gone to the cloud and how servers run differently and people just envision work as a different flow, I think it all came together nicely that my experience, expertise, timing just came naturally that maybe it's worth the shot of putting it on myself. And so I just decided to to make the leap. So what you're saying is that through all of that, I'm hearing you say that we have Robert Kiyosaki to thank for your decision to step out in faith and start your own thing. Well, 
as partly, you know, <laughs> interestingly, so there, there's key things. So that was one, like, it just won't come out to my mind right now that through <laughs> corporations, there's a lot of tax efficient ways that you can essentially live the same, but not be taxed as much, right? And so that's right, one step. Then a couple of mentors had said to me when I was talking about different opportunities and what was on the table, and I was saying, hey, you know, as coming from the islands and being taught, you know, you want to work hard and not be too risky if you have a family. In talking to some of these CEOs that have their own businesses, they're like, it's more risky working for somebody else than working for yourself. Yeah. It may not be as stable yeah. or as um, certain as getting a, a paycheck every week, but it definitely is more safe to be your own boss because, you know, you essentially are in charge, but the harder thing is just the uncertainty of what's next, right? And so if you're okay with that, then, and if you're confident in what you can do, then it should be okay. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because from one, from one small business owner to another, I feel that way. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And that is something that is for me, that is something that actually, that gets me out of bed every morning, right? You know, what it will be, right? What could be as opposed to what was. And so, you know, and again, this is no knock on a, on a W2 employee or anything like that. I just, there's just something about the fact that I really do control how much money I make. So whether I go out and work super hard or whether I go out and kind of just meander along, ultimately at the end of the day, I can control the income that is afforded me. And I think, I just think that there's something very, very powerful about that. Yeah, it's definitely a different way to think. And it's, unless you experience it, I don't think anybody can really tell you the feeling. And I, I joke sometimes because I, I now can understand why some people might just up and change their life completely and just say, you know what, I'm taking a pause professionally, like people are saying right now, and I'm just going to travel to Italy and maybe set up shop there for a couple <laughs> months just to, to feel the mental clarity and ease of that situation. Not saying that being a business owner or running a your own show is easy, but I think it sure. is It is a nice feeling to, like you said, wake up in the morning and have the full control of yourself and your day. And if you have to make decisions, then, I mean, not saying you're going to make every right decision, but you can essentially move quickly and reap the reward. Or if it's a risky decision and, and it doesn't go well, then you learn from that mistake and move forward. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because Something you just mentioned earlier before I made my statement was simply just the fact that you were building companies within companies. Do you think that it seems like the design industry is fertile ground for intrapreneurs, right? There's a difference between an entrepreneur and an intrapreneur. An intrapreneur is typically an individual that works within the confines of a larger organization, but they're given the freedom and the flexibility to kind of manage and control things, which I know you were given that. And so you had that freedom and flexibility. You, you, you almost had your cake and ate it too, right? From that perspective. But what did you think of being an entrepreneur versus what you're currently doing right now? That's a good question. If I look at just the, the everyday, again, if you're within an organization, at the end of the day, you have to report to somebody, right? And sure, you may be reporting to individuals that either you have the same like mindset and that may go well. If you're thinking differently, then there may be friction and that may lead to, even though you may be doing well, the friction of personalities may end up with you not being happy. Yeah. And, and there isn't a price to put on just 
being happy in what you do, right? So some people have left really well-paying jobs to make fractions of what they made, but they're a lot happier. And so I think that's sure. that's part of what um, I was facing is that maybe partly, I mean, obviously there's two personalities or three or four, whatever it is. And when you reach a certain point, the friction of just maybe egos rubbing together all the time and and trying to work through different issues wears on people. I mean, it wore wore on me a lot. And I felt like I just needed a break of rubbing against other people's wishes because I was never a majority owner or owner in the sense that I made controlling decisions. So if if yeah. if I whether I was right or wrong, I still could be trumped at any time. And I think that's maybe the the difference between entrepreneur and entrepreneur is where I am right now. I can't be trumped, and <laughs> before I right. could be. However, I may have more risk because I may not have the full gamut of knowledge. And so you know, I have a circle of mentors and so on that I can lean on and talk to. But at the end of the day, if I make a decision, then I have full risk and responsibility for it, which. I think that comes with the step or leap for faith, so to speak. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm curious to know this, and we didn't really talk about this beforehand, but, you know, we're going to let this roll. But did you feel like when you made your transition from working for somebody else to doing your own thing that you didn't burn all the all the boats, right? You didn't, you know, you didn't burn your bridges or anything like that as far as making your transition over to doing your own thing. And, and if so, what was that like? How did your conversation go with you know, your former employer, were you encouraged or what were you expecting when you, you know, made the decision that you were going to make this move? So I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I was going to do, but I, I spoke to my boss at my last firm and was very candid that I was just at a point where professionally and personally, I, I just wanted a mental break. And I, I, I had some opportunities that were available. I could either go back to be the entrepreneur or I had this shell that I had created back to that book, right? That was on the table and everybody I talked to said, well, if you're going to go to another firm, and that may be a good, a good thing to, to put into the mix too. So as I, as I was interviewing for different opportunities, again, the same conversation just kept coming up. It was, all right, we need somebody to build a region, form an office, and okay, whatever you want, we want three to four X, right? And so everywhere yeah. I went, it wasn't... Hey, we have a this wonderful garden for you to go in and just make yours. It was like, how are you going to build for us? And then once you do that, we will come to bat for you. And so I just kept thinking to myself, well, if I'm going to have to build four X for somebody else, I think I can build one X for myself. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. And, and so I had the shell, and I was like, do I do one X or one and a half X, or do I try to go four X for stability? And I just said, you know what, I, I want to, if, and then somebody asked me like, well, if you, whatever you do, would you look back and regret not taking this time and doing it yourself? And I said, yeah, I probably would ha- have that regret. And they said, well, they regretted never doing that because I guess they were a perpetual entrepreneur where they always built mm-hmm. other biz- businesses for other people. And they, looking back in their career, they said that, that they really wished at that point where they were like I was, that they had just bet on themselves. And, uh, and so- a lot of people were just encouraging me to do it that way. And I just said, you know what, maybe I, I have enough that I could run a, run half a year to a year just just doing it. And so I decided, let's let's try it this way. Yeah. And especially for for those that, that uh, I mean, of course, hopefully some of your friends will listen to this episode. But for those that don't know you, would you be, be 
kind enough to share with the audience the area of engineering that you focus on? Because you got your bachelor's, but your bachelor's in civil engineering from the Florida Institute of Technology. You went to University of Florida and got your master's. And I know you've done structural work. And is there any other area that you focused on besides structures? So I started off doing structural design and then halfway through transitioned to restoration and inspections and litigation support, working on, let's say, the forensic world of things. And so mm-hmm. through that avenue, because buildings rarely ever collapse and have the major structural issues, especially in Florida, besides what happened last year at Surfside, yeah. which um, right. we can talk about how that kind of was a catalyst as well. But what I've had to pick up is more building envelope, waterproofing, roofing, that type of specialty, because when we're looking at buildings, that's really what I would focus on as opposed to electrical and plumbing systems and so forth. So that's a new skill that I picked up a few years ago. But at heart, my train is structural engineering. And um, just to kind of segue with what happened with Surfside, because of that massive collapse and the death and the tragedy that ensued from that, there are new mandates and bills that were passed in Florida that now require buildings of a certain age and certain proximity to now do inspections at certain intervals. And so that's yeah. kind of the realm of what I would do. And so in forming the business, it was like, wait, there's no mandated inspections that fall into my wheelhouse. So there should be a steady flow of work because buildings have to do this. And it's my specialty. And in a stream of time with remote work and clouds and so forth, it just seemed to everything to line up. And I didn't really answer your question about was I encouraged. So my previous employer really wanted me to start a business as well. They said, hey, Scott, you've reached a point where you could do this. And so I don't think I burned any bridges there because I didn't take any clients from them. I didn't, it was separate sure. um, specialties, but I, I wasn't 100% sure what I was going to do when I left. I just knew I needed somewhat of a, a break to kind of refocus and focus on my family at the time because we had experienced a death as well, just like you in the summertime. Yeah. And so it was mm-hmm. just a period where I wanted to really focus on that and kind of recenter myself before I moved forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, I think the um, you stepping out like that, you just you, you never know what the outcome will be. But, you know, like I always say, and I use this analogy, there's a there's, um, you know, I always tell people, hey, if you're going to if you're going to get out of the boat, don't look down, just look straight ahead and keep walking. Right. Because. Yeah. The reality is, is that the minute that you look down is that's when you start taking on water and everything else. So, you know, I mean, a lot of times we need to just get out of the boat and, um, you know, we we've either heard from somebody or we've gotten a confirmation or our skill set is such that um, everybody has said, man, how come you don't run your own shop? And I'm not encouraging anybody to quit their job tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying. But if you keep hearing that nagging voice in your head that keeps saying over the years, hey, you should go start your own job or go start your own company, which kind of is like a job, right? Because I feel like sometimes I do own a job. I run a, I have a business, but I, it's a very, very lucrative job. And that's that really more so gets into the processes of how you run your business and you know, whether or not you feel like you have to do everything yourself. And that's like a whole nother topic. But the bottom line is that you do have to, you know, be willing to kind of step out in faith and and try something different and hope for the best. Right. And, And certainly build relationships that stand the test of time. You know, even just me doing this podcast right here with with the Zweig Letter podcast, I don't work with Zweig Group anymore 
as an employee, but I am a consultant to them and we have a strong relationship. And I've, I've had a relationship with this company for more than 20 plus years, you know, because I've, I've never really burned any bridges and, and I've always looked for ways to add value in anything that I was doing. And this is my way of adding value back to them, even though I'm not a technical employee of Zwei Group. And so that, you know, you just have to, you have to work that out and people recognize that. And they know if you bring a value to the table, people don't want to lose that value in that relationship. So my encouragement is just, you know, make sure you have those conversations like what you had. You had a transparent and open conversation with your previous employer that clearly worked out for you. And so I think it's it's just something that people should consider. If they're doing it, there are a number of steps that should be taken before you step out of that boat. And again, not, not once you do commit to stepping out of the boat, don't look down, just look straight ahead and decide what, you know, what, what are you going to conquer first? And then just go after it with, yeah. uh, you know, as I like to say, rec- reckless abandon, right? Because I mean, what you, you have nothing to lose. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not easy. I, I, I don't think, you know, it's funny, like you, some of these, I guess the right word is influencers, they go on, on and post and they're like, hey, I did this or like, just do this. <laughs> and maybe it did work for them and it's, it's a glamorous life, but I've never worked harder than I've worked in these, yeah. you know, let's say past few months. And like you said, it's, it's for myself. So it's a little different feeling, but to make things happen, you can't just wake up and think it's just going to fall from the sky, right? It's, it's constant. Yeah. I call it like relentlessness. Like if you <laughs> need a job today or a lead, it's like you turn over every stone until the lead pops up, but it's, it's never going to be right in front of you as you, as you wake up and no. maybe the seeds you plant. <laughs> I was so funny. I, like the other day, a proposal was, I just came in and it was signed. And I was like, I forgot. And I was like, whoa, this was one I did like a few months ago. And I was like, wow, I didn't even expect this one to be, to hit today. I actually thought it was just gone and you never know, right? So it's, it's just continuous yeah. pushing. It's a lot of effort. It's, I don't think it's for everybody, but it's good to, to have said for, for me to know, know what it really takes. Right. And I think that's yeah. also part of the journey. When I was talking to my wife about it, she was like, well, you know, Maybe if you do this as well, then it builds more credibility for yourself, right? Because somebody can always say, well, you did it because you were part of this company. But if you do it by when you're your own own entity, then I don't think anybody can really take that away. So in doing this, I'm showing myself that I am capable of winning work, managing work, running a business. It's going from start to finish, from inception through payment, managing clients. And so it's nice to see the whole thing happening because of, like you said, a decision just to to do it on my own. And there was nothing there before. And now there's there's things. So yeah. it's nice to see that just from the outside looking in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, there's one thing you just mentioned a second ago, and, and I know th- this was what really impressed me about you was that, you know, you were, I mean, I know you're, I know you're out there grinding on a regular basis and working hard. But you were also like a prolific poster on LinkedIn. I mean, you you had some really great, like, not just like benign stuff. I mean, thought provoking posts. And I was just I, I, I was always enamored by that more than anything else. The one thing I will have to mention, though, Scott, is that I've noticed that those posts have greatly decreased right. in the past several months because your focus is different. How has that been reconciling, you know, you had the freedom before to post a lot of stuff that was just really great. And I encourage anybody to follow Scott Harvey Lewis on LinkedIn, and I'll make sure that his LinkedIn information is on the show notes 
because he's definitely somebody, he's a thought leader. He is a change agent within the design industry and somebody that you should be following. But I'm curious to know how, how that changed for you. Cause well, you were, you were, you were like on and popping for a while. And then all of a sudden it was crickets. Well, <laughs> so. at, the, at the turn of the year, going back to, I think, what is something worth, right? And so I was posting, but when I'm with other companies, it's really pulling a lot of attention to them, right? And so like, yep. if I have a large following and I'm posting, but the benefit is going to the company and I'm not really, I mean, all this, I was not being paid for any of this. I wasn't, it was just something I was doing at the time to really bring attention to the company itself and to help me build the groups. But I think as it grew and grew, the right appreciation wasn't there, right? And so, right. In, so I didn't, I just decided to stop posting while I figured out what I was doing. And, and in that way, when I did decide to post again, it would be for me and for the business. So when I started posting recently, I wanted to make sure, let's say the website was done, that there was content coming and that things were in place as opposed to just random posts here and there. And then also, like I said, right. a few months ago, we had some death in the family. So it was just like, let me just take some time and recenter, refocus. And then once I'm ready again, I'll jump back on. Because it is, it is a lot of work. I mean, it, somebody may say, well, to create a post takes a few minutes, but to really do it right, it takes a lot of thought. And then you don't want to stop because you want to keep a steady flow of momentum. If you post once for a month or once every two months, it's not going to do much. So you really have to have a, a concentrated effort that you're going to keep this up. So I, I didn't want to yeah. start back without being ready to do it. But it, it that's that's a whole nother job in itself. <laughs> oh, it is. It really is. People don't recognize it. And I was always amazed. I was like, man, I you know. I was always impressed with your your LinkedIn and your social media game because it was you were always on point with your messages, very thought provoking, very insightful, really in tune with some of the challenges that design professionals are facing on a regular basis. And then you you interlaced it with a lot of just, you know, just common sense advice and guidance. So, you know, definitely in one day in the near future, we look forward to hearing back from Scott Harvey Lewis with your, you know, with your insightful, witty banter and and just observations about life and about being a design professional. So I have a question for you that that I wanted to ask you. And, you know, we've talked about diversity in the design industry on a regular basis. And I'd be curious to know what your what are your thoughts around that, right? And simply just from the simple effect of, you know, how has diversity played a role for you? as a design professional with the understanding that it's going to be different for different people, different experiences. But I'm just curious to know, you know, we we are two years out from George Floyd. I know when, when that happened, I did a number of episodes on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I have purposefully been very, I've worked hard to bring a wide variety of voices to this podcast, right? So it's just not you know, a bunch of old white guys talking about the industry, right? Because I, you know, that's fine too. But the bottom line is that this industry is made up of a lot of different pieces, a, a lot of different people, a lot of different voices. But I would be curious to know what your thoughts have been around this industry as we continue to expand and try to grow. When I think about that, it, it's hard for me to answer that. And the reason why is because coming from a different country where it's not as prevalent. Yeah. Like I grew up in classes with all different races. It was a co-ed school. And you're, so you're from Jamaica, right? From Jamaica, right? So right, Jamaica, yeah. the biggest Out of thing many, was, one. <laughs> yeah. So the biggest <laughs> thing in classes or 
in society was just class distinctions, maybe, right? Rich, poor, middle class. But there was no, like, you could have females that were very high up in, in government, even had the prime minister of the country was a, was a female at one point. Doesn't matter if you're black, white. So I've never really grown up and haven't seen color or have those implicit biases. So to answer your question is like, I don't really know how that's affected my career. Has it? It could have, right? Because I, I really am oblivious sometimes to whether it be microaggressions or someone being biased against you. Sometimes some things happen, I have to scratch my head, but I, I don't know how much it has affected me. I know it affects people in general. And like with all these different things that come up throughout with a police brutality or or anything that comes out in society right now, you see that there are deep-rooted issues. And so, so I, you just never know, right? You just you can never know if somebody is like that or is treating you a certain way because of that. I just, I don't know how much this has affected my career, if that's a good, <laughs> a good answer. I do know that sometimes... Yeah, no, no. And, and that's fine. I, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, but I know, I know for sure sometimes, like I said, in passing, it's, it's definitely not a diverse industry we're in, right? If I go into certain meetings, sometimes yeah. I might be the only person of color. I might be the only minority there. And so it's not well represented. And if you look at statistics for female engineers or you know, female minority engineers, it's very, very, very low. And when you look at yeah. just the, the statistics in companies of pay scales, there's a lot that needs to be corrected. But even when they correct it, that doesn't really correct the internals of a person, right? That's just numbers. Sure. And, so I, I think yeah. there's a lot, no matter how much you do on paper, there's probably 10x the work that would have to be done to people. And that, who knows how long that would take and how deep that goes <laughs> that's a very yeah yeah I, a very hard, I, I hard call, thing to tackle it, yeah it, it may not be i was ta- having this conversation with somebody uh, earlier today it may not be in my generation it may not be in my kids generation i just have a feeling that at some point in time we're going to get to that star trek generation where you could have like an arm coming out of your head and people are just going to take you for who you are and it's just not going to be an issue right it's like yeah. oh that's that's the man with the arm out of his head it's no big deal so you know it just one day we're going to get there and uh, that utopian society that I think we're all endeavoring for. So, but in the meantime, we just got to continue to take little steps and try to make the world a better place each and every day, which is something that certainly you're doing and you've kind of stepped out. Now, have you hired anybody to work with you or you? Yeah, you, I, have, I, have a, I have a few uh, people, people working with me right now. Some are contract basis, some are full time. Sure. Also relying on, on 1099 work. So Yep. I'm trying to put it together as efficiently as possible without taking on too much risk unnecessarily. And also yep. what I found too in just doing work, you can be a lot more efficient with less force if everybody knows what they're doing, right? So yeah, you know, numbers don't necessarily mean more capability or more expertise because sometimes that leads to inefficiencies and redo. So part of creating what I'm doing is trying to put best practices in place and then giving people the freedom to work in a way that gets rid of all that cumbersome stuff. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I, I yeah, that, that I totally understand where you're coming from. And, and certainly, you know, each day for you is probably something new to deal with and, and to encounter. So you're, you're in the middle of writing the story, right? You, yeah. you, you've lived it with other companies. Now you're doing it for yourself. And each day is kind of a new a new opportunity 
and a new obstacle, both in the same in the same breath. Yeah, so. it's it's been it's been great so far in just the, the experience, but it definitely, like I said, it's a grind, and you got to be relentless because there's certain days when you wake up and you're like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, and you just go past absolutely. that. Then you just keep just keep doing, just keep going. You got to keep going. That's right. Keep swimming. Keep swimming. So, if people want to reach out to you. Scott, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Might might be some folks down in in Florida that that are listening to this and are like, man, we need to connect with this guy and and uh, see how he might be able to help us, or even if they just want to reach out and chat with you because they're even possibly thinking about stepping out on their own t- to start something. What's the best way for people to reach? Well, you? I'm I'm pretty active on on LinkedIn, so if somebody searches me, they can get me right. My email is easy. It's just Scott at buildingmavens.com. If it's for business or work related, then they can message info at buildingmavens.com. And that's where most clients go to get proposals and quotes for different services. But I think if the easiest way is if somebody searches me, I might pop up on LinkedIn sure. and just shoot me a message. I'm pretty responsive yeah. that way. Yeah. Scott is very responsive that way because that's how I originally connected with him. So I can, I can vouch for him. And, <laughs> and, and certainly he is a, he's an outstanding and just a highly regarded individual in our industry. So Scott Harvey Lewis, thank you so much for coming on and talking about building Mavens, your new company, and and just for all the things that you're doing. And we wish you nothing but continued success and growth as you move this new venture forward. And I do look forward to connecting with you in person, in IRL, as the cool kids say, the next time that I'm down in in Southern Florida. So maybe we can break bread or something like that. But Thank you so much for coming on this Wide Letter podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, thanks for having me. And I look forward to meeting in person. I think we connected over COVID, so we're not on the back end. Yeah, we're, we're, it's all it's, good. It's, time, it's right? coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming soon enough. It's coming soon enough. So, <laughs> but thank you again for coming on the podcast. Well, folks, that's another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. To learn more about one of the oldest newsletters in the design industry, visit zweiggroup.com. You can read articles online, listen to this podcast, and sign up for a free subscription to the newsletter and have it delivered right into your email inbox every Monday morning. Sign up today. For more information about Zwei Group's advisory services or any of Zwei Group's publications, visit zweiggroup.com. You can subscribe to this Zweig Letter podcast wherever you listen to it, and please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you with another new episode soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to the Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe. To gain more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe today.